Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Last time on Dungeon Drunks, still in the tunnels under the bloody fist, our heroes find a strange room with skeletons strung up on necrotic wires. Then they sneak up on a few more skeletons and the missing flaming skull just to finish them off. And that's where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obocrazy. Tonight, I'm just drinking water with some lemon because Luke got sick and I might be feeling a little sick. And so I'm cutting it all off at the pass and drinking lots of water. And tonight is just agua, 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 agua. Jonathan, what are you drinking? Hi, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Mad Muscular. Tonight, I am drinking an Up Yours Putin. It is Diet 7 Up and vodka. And my fireball shot tonight goes out to Xeroxis the Beard, a.k.a. Josh Perolt, for running hey! that meat grinder game the other night. Yes! Uh, it was super fun. I actually had a couple of shots of fireball uh, then <laughs> for my rogue. But this is for you. Thank you, Josh. Excellent. I'm always happy to say say a cheers to my our fellow Podcast of Annihilation people. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun, the Viceroy's hey. choice this evening is the very last of my six-pack of the Walt Wit. So I'm very sad to see it go because I've enjoyed this thoroughly. It's sort of my inaugural basement beer. <laughs> but on Base- yeah, but- basement beer doesn't sound good, but in this instance, it kind of is, and I like it. And on deck, we have a premium ginger beer. It's ginger brew. So I thought it was ginger beer when I first bought it. Apparently, it is a Jamaican ginger ale that I bought from Whole Foods. Uh, so recommended listening when you're drinking these things at home. Uh, the Chilton Job, which I just listened to. And Lauren, that was so awesome. <laughs> Listen, I I have recently been telling people because a lot of people have been asking me, how do you have such awesome games? And I say, well, I find awesome people to play with. And then I let them play because that that game... And thank you for the kind thing. The last 20 minutes make me so happy. And I have very little to do with anything. I just sit there and grin. Speaking of sitting there and grinning, whenever someone awesome is on the screen, Bernie, what are you drinking? Hi, I'm Jules. I play Bernice Q. Burns. And actually, tonight, I am drinking something from... I'm going to enter into the Cider War. I'm putting in a <gasps> Canadian entry... Oh, dear. This is correct. Yay! I have three Canadian entries into the side war because Stephen and I drove to Toronto from Ottawa. And if you are Canadian and you listen to our show, and I hope you do listen to our show, you will know that on the way to Toronto, there is this giant thing called the Big Apple. And it is literally a giant apple. And I was informed that this is also a place where you can just buy all things apples. So this is basically Travancore's wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we stopped on the way back because we had to get there by a certain time way back we had a lot of time we stopped so you can watch them make just thousands and thousands of apple pies and strudel and turnover they make apple everything we bought apple bread we bought apple pies we bought apple turnover we each got a pastry to eat in the car this is going to my dream and journal then, most recently <laughs> they, and i just actually while we were waiting had a slice of the apple pie we bought is very good and so they also opened up a like a cider works and they make like regular non-alcoholic apple cider which is also very good because we also bought some of that 
And so they have their – it's called 401 Brewery. And it's the Orchard Blend Cider, and it is made from 100% Ontario apples. And it's actually really good. And I've got two other kinds that I'm going to try. And depending on how I feel, I may have a second one tonight, or I may save it. So yeah, do do recommend. Super Kitsch, amazing place. And also, since you are in Canada now, happy Thanksgiving. <gasps> oh yeah, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, everyone! Yay. I know you guys normally celebrate it on like the Sunday because I I did have a moment where I went, is Jules going to be able to play? Because it's Thanksgiving and, and Luke, our resident Canadian artist, lovely husband person, was like, oh, no, it'll be fine. They all celebrate on Sundays anyway. So We celebrated by going to a friend of his house and playing D&D and eating just like semi-Thanksgiving things. Um, it's also Indigenous People's Day. That's it. Happy yep, Indigenous People's Day. Viva yeah. la rasa. And last but certainly not least... Carlton, what are you drinking? I am drinking what's known as Recovery Punch from Juiceland, because I had spent two days out in the hot blazing sun at a music festival, uh, ACL, and I'm still feeling a little uh, worn out. Uh, and this has watermelon, pineapple, coconut water, beet, lime, and Himalayan sea salt in it. And it Whoa. is delicious. <laughs> Sounds like it's delicious. Yeah, delicious. And yeah, I could see where that would be super healthy. And those those pictures that you were posting of you being at that music festival, you looked so happy the whole time i had like i went like solo and i had some friends working so like i caught up with them but like one of like i might go again with like a small group but every time like if you go with a big group it's like oh no i want to see this i want to see that i want to see this whereas what i basically did was i went and saw this band i wanted to see for a little bit and then i went to this stage and this and i got to see so many new bands and so much like smaller talent and expand my musical like bubble that i really enjoyed it oh well excellent Sounds like everybody had a fun time between the last time that we played and tonight, where you guys are still in the tunnels, in in and amongst the tunnels below the Undermountain, and you guys just finished fighting a couple of minotaur skeletons and a flame skull that had fled from you before, and in this, this moment, after you're all done and kind of deciding what to do, you had come around the natural part of this cavern. Uh, ahead of you, there is a split in that cavern. You can go off to the right where these creatures had come from, or you can go off to the left. Both seem to be dark and foreboding. And what would you like to do? Let's send Bucks to scout ahead a little bit. Okay. And and as Jonathan the Magimuscular said that says that, Bucks, who was kind of feeling a little left out in the last few battles because of fucking fireballs, like kind of perks up and is like, mm -hmm. he like owl nods, like, yes, yes, I'll go. Bucks is like, I'm useful, I promise. So you guys have basically been going south. You've reached the portion of the cavern where it splits. One part of it seems to curve around and out of sight going to the west. The other is going to the east. Which branch would you like to send him down? Uh, let's go the east branch. Sure. You send him off. Are you? Is he trying to be stealthy or is he just going to do a quick run and gun? He is absolutely going to try and be stealthy because fortunately he can do both. All right. Then roll me that beautiful stealth check. That's a 22 stealth. Excellent. He, on silent owl wings, as you guys kind of gather yourself after this this fray that you just had, floats down towards the eastern passage. It continues steadily downward for about 75, 100 more feet, narrows quite a bit. You're in a very open part of this cavern, and this, this gets very narrow. At one point, it's only about five feet wide, and eventually it ends 
at a, a wooden door, but he doesn't see any creatures or anything else of note. All right. Uh, Bucks comes back and I relay that information to everyone. Uh, but he didn't. Uh, one thing that Bucks didn't do. And as as he says this, he looks at he looks at uh, Carlton and says, is check for removes one dart that Carlton had missed. Yep. He didn't check for traps. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to check for traps by running through them. Clearly, and as he sa- as he says this, he's just kind of looking at this dart that he just pulled from you, and then he puts it back. <laughs> Can we send him down the other tunnel? Sure. So he went down uh, the tunnel first. The wooden door is the tunnel that the bad stuff came out of. The part of the tunnel that curves around to the west is where the skeletons and the, the flame skull were coming from. Jonathan sent him to the tunnel to the east, and that's what kind of narrows and ends at a door. Okay. Want to send him down the western route? Sure. Bucks, good luck. He gives a little owl salute and goes again. <laughs> he does. I'm just about to get the wing. We'll go ahead and keep his, his same stealth check from before, since he really was only back for a good 10 seconds. He floats on down and very quickly out of your sight. And for him, this tunnel curves quite dramatically. It, it doesn't go up or down, but it, it definitely takes a very sharp right-hand kern and Very quickly, he's heading north again. He pauses just on the 100-foot mark, because if I remember correctly, that's where you lose touch with him. That is. Is that correct? Yes. So at at about 100 feet, he does a little bit of circling, you know, relaying to you what he's seen. Basically, this tunnel, the, the big, wide, natural cavern that you guys have been walking in, curves all the way around and seems to be going back north. He can see that it continues, but... It, it continues out of your range. And so he is curiously wondering whether he should continue on his own or come back at this point. Bucks, you are a brave companion. I leave it up to you. Bucks, like if he had a owl brow to furrow, he would kind of furrow it and they would look up with owl determination and he would fly ahead. The best kind of determination. All right. Uh, go ahead and roll a perception check for Bucks. Uh, that is going to be a 15. Okay. As he curves around and continues out of your line of sight, the the next thing that he sees is that this, this very large natural cavern continues almost all the way until it narrows. And then he's pretty sure it continues all the way back to the entranceway to the natural part of this cavern. Remember how you left a hallway that was dwarven or man-made and went into the natural caves right and at the beginning of that there was this left right choice that you made did you want to go east or west and you guys went kind of southeast well apparently the path that you've taken according to bucks curves all the way back around and becomes the southwestern part of it the other thing he does notice is along that route a passage leading directly off to the west So long before he gets back to that original split, he sees a smaller passage, maybe only about 10 feet, that seems to turn back into the man-made portions of this undermountain area. And that goes way off into darkness. Okay. And at that point, he comes up, he sees that, oh, I've been here before, and then continues his flight around. And so he comes back to you guys from what you perceive as the opposite direction. I was about to say, Bucks would be mischievous (laughs) enough to come in from behind and then like land on, on who, who is the first person he encounters? 
Like as he's flying up, who would be the the back person in that? Um, well, you guys had kind of gathered around, uh, but I would imagine it would be either Shadow or Bernie, or okay. probably towards the back of this group. Bucks is going to fly in. He's going to see Shadow's bare form just like sitting there. He's going to silently like like fly really low to the ground, and he's going to come up, land on on Shadow's head, and go, whoo. <laughs> Shadow yelps to his embarrassment. He has never yelped before. He may never yelp again, but in this instance, Shadow yelps. Is it is it a yelp or a yarp? Uh, I'm gonna say narp to that yarp. It's a yelp. <laughs> <laughs> nice. In fairness to Shadow, because he knows that you guys are trying to be at least semi quiet, he muffles it pretty well. It's kind of more of like a, <laughs> but he recognizes. He recognizes the claws as they uh, gently dig in. And he, uh, while he doesn't look up, his ears do that thing and where they, they're turning all around trying to, to hear Bucks. But Bucks is pretty darn silent. <laughs> and yeah, he relays this all this information off to you, Jonathan. Without looking back, I say, I, I stand up proudly and say, well done, buddy. <laughs> All right, so do we want to check out Weird Wooden Door, or do we want to... I think we should probably check out Weird Wooden Door and then catch the other stuff on the way back. I'm in Weird Wooden Door camp. Yeah, I am also in the camp of the Weird Wooden Door. All right, so you guys are going to continue down the passage and take the southeasterly route to the door? To the Weird Wooden Door. In fairness... It did seem like a regular wooden door to Bucks. Nope, there wasn't it's out anything the middle weird of nowhere. about it. It's fucking weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's totally weird because alliteration's great. Welcome to the door shaming hour. <laughs> no, it's not shameful to be weird. It's just weird. <laughs> you guys head on in that direction. Why don't you give me a marching order? And are you going to continue to try to be stealthy or would you like to just march? Uh, I will lead as I do. I would okay. like to be quiet, and I would like to be alert and look for things that I shouldn't step on. I Let's try stealth. Let's be super stealthy if we're going to stealth it. I'm going to cast uh, Pass Without Trace on the party again. That's a it's second a plus spot. 10, right? Yep. Remember to add your normal stealth bonuses on top of that, because I forgot Which is nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Stealth checks for everybody. Carlton. Uh, 29 with the Pass Without Trace. Nice. Uh, Travancore and Shadow. Okay, Travancore has a 32. I'll give you Shadow in a second. I mean, 32. Yeah. 29. It's still pretty good. Wow. Shadow's learning from you. Jonathan and Bucks. Uh, so, Jonathan the Magimuscular gets a 31, and Bucks, with his natural 20, gets a 33. <laughs> Cheers. Wow. Drink. And Bernie. Bernie got a 21. At the moment, both Shadow and Travancore are way stealthier than all of you except for Bucks. So you are having a hard time of even seeing them in the darkness. Anyway, you guys creep down the hallway and the rough stone continues up until about the last half a foot or so where you see this door. I would check the... Jonathan, why don't you check the door for traps? Wait, Wait, what? Guys, I can do a thing that I just learned about today. I have thaumaturgy. You do. You know about thaumaturgy. You used it a lot when you were pretending to be a dragon. Did you know I can open the door with thaumaturgy? You if it is not locked. If yes, it's not locked. I think I think that's the the qualifier on thaumaturgy. I'm gonna go to we're gonna double check unless you've got the spell right there. 
I'm just saying, Jonathan, you're more attentive than I am sometimes. And well, you notice the little details. The investigation check for Jonathan the Magimuscular is quite mighty and muscular for investigation. It's a muscular investigation. Are you looking for muscles or are you looking for traps? All right, what what did you get? Oh, I I, I didn't know I was actually rolling. I thought we were going to thaumaturgy the door open. No, I thought you were going to check for traps so I don't thaumaturgy this door and then get like a, like a, a handful okay. of darts in our faces. Well, we already have our pin cushion up front. Hey, tell you what. All right. So let's do it this way. Jonathan the Magic Musker is going to c- kind of put Carlton five feet from the door. Like, so there's door, five foot space, and then Carlton. Then, okay. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to reach around. Yeah, Carlton. <laughs> I'm going to lift my arms up. <laughs> and then he can put his arms between me. Nope. No, hold I on. just thought we were going to hide on either side of the wall and I'll thaumaturgy that door open. Uh, well, f- before we do that, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to cast Mage Hand and try and can use Mage Hand to investigate the door. You can't. Investigation isn't going to set off any traps, right? Okay, lots of answers to everything. First, thaumaturgy will open a door as long as it it instantaneously causes an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut. So as long as it's not locked, yes, it will work. Um, Mage hand can also be used to open a, a door or window as long as it's not locked. Mage hand cannot be used to investigate because investigation usually involves tactile senses and or visual inspection when you talk about i'm gonna check this place for traps i automatically assume that you are doing the investigation in a way that you know would not set off any traps for example you're not gonna pat down the door which is kind of what you'd have to do with mage hand and you can't feel anything with mage hand now if you would like to investigate the door you would have to be next to it but I I assume you are just going to look at things very closely unless you tell me otherwise. Does that answer everybody's question? Yes. Modified plan. <laughs> Carlton stays where he is. Jonathan is going to uh Jonathan Magimuscular is gonna go up and investigate the door. If he doesn't sense any traps, he's gonna run back behind Carlton and then Bernie can thaumaturgy the door open. Or at least try. I like this plan. Alright. Roll so, your investigation check. Here we go, investigation. Uh eighteen. Door does not appear to be trapped, but it does look like it's locked. All right. Different plan. <laughs> Summon the... <laughs> I, I, I pull on uh, on Carlton's shorts to back him up one square. It's like, we need a ranger up here. <sighs> okay. I heard I heard my ears. My ears are burning. They're, they're a little longer than your average ears, so there's more to burn. Okay. So what am I, so what am I doing here? Do you have thieves tools? You know what? I knew I forgot to buy something when I was in town. I do not have them. I thought Bernie had them. I thought Bernie has one because she's a charlatan. Yeah. Does Bernie have have thieves tools? Did you buy thieves tools? It's written down somewhere. You guys know how many sheets of paper I'm working on. I think we had me buy thieves tools because I remember we used a... We used like a bobby pin. I think we had me use a bobby pin to get somewhere. You you did. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, basically, the reason I ask about these tools is because anyone can attempt to unlock a door, but unless you have some sort of implement or thieves tools would be the, the classic sense, it would be uh, difficult to even try. So, uh, let's see, as a charlatan... No, yeah, you get a you get proficiency with a disguise kit and a forgery kit, which is how yeah. you do all the forgery that you do. You have proficiencies in sleight of hand, which would be kind of helpful. This is just a dexterity check. 
Unless you guys have some alternative to a implement to unlock the door. Guys, can guys, we... I have the key. I have can... the key, and I hold up my axe. Well, hold on. Can we try the bobby pin trick, since I think we've let me do it before? <laughs> I will let you try the bobby pin trick. It will be a, a more difficult thing to open if you would like to try to sure. open the door with your bobby pin. Yeah. So what I need is a dexterity check. Oh, great. And, and keep one on standby, because I got a pretty good sight of hand bonus, too. So that's a natural well, not, 20. Not that we'll need it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cheers. I was like, this All isn't right. going well. I have no bonuses to text. Bernie, the keyhole is at the perfect height for you. You've done this before. You've been dreaming about finally finding someone to really teach you how to do this. And somewhere, your dreams and reality combine and you just... And the door opens. Or it unlocks, I should say. Do you want to open it? It unlocks. And then everybody backs up against the wall. And I cast Thaumaturgy. And I, like, use my little Thaumaturgy to open the door. Okay. Door opens inward into a room that is pretty much pitch black. It looks like some kind of old library or a storeroom. But it is completely and totally ransacked and destroyed. It's a very long room. It's maybe only about 20 to 25 feet wide, but it continues to the east for a good 40, 50 feet. And you see large tomes that have just been torn to shreds and burnt. You see smashed ink pots that have left these dark stains everywhere. There's bits of what look like they might have been pottery or or plates that are just fragmented all over the floor. The smell in the room is musty and a little bit of old smoke. So you get the sense that a lot of this destruction probably didn't happen recently. This has been years and years of, of looting and devastation and destruction. You even see in one far corner a couple of larger casks that might have held ale or water that are just cracked open and their contents long since spilled. There is a door to the north leading out of this room. It seems to just be another wooden door. And that's all you can see from where you are. Let's send the pen cushion in. Agreed. Carlton, I believe your name has been changed to yeah. Pincushion. Wait, Bernie <laughs> gives Carlton a little poke in the butt, and she used to reach up pretty high to do that. And she's like, Carlton, yeah. Carlton, uh-huh. go in there, and if you do, I'll heal you if things go bad. So this is smart, then. Smart healing. Because you don't heal stupid, so going in there is smart. Correct. All right. I walk into the room. Okay, you walk into the room. It still looks destroyed. Did you uh, want to investigate or look at anything? Did you want to go to anywhere in specific? Yeah, I want to kind of like check out like some of the the fixins there. Kind of go through all little things, see if there's anything of note or interest other than what you described while taking a closer look at things. All right, give me a general perception checks then. Uh, 18. Nothing else about this room stands out to you. The The books look like you, you couldn't get any words off of them because of the state that they're in. Most of the stuff that you see is in such a state of decrepit destruction that it'd be not very useful. Unless you were looking for some specific shred of evidence or or some specific thing, a lot of this just looks like junk. 
But you do notice something interesting as you enter the room and kind of move towards the middle of the room, taking everything in, listening intently. The door to the north, that's about halfway down this room, you hear faintly noises coming from the other side of it. Like, not directly from the other side of the door, but as if something far away is making noise and you're hearing it through the door. What does it sound like? You'd have to probably get closer to the door and really listen. It's just it's I look kind of at, indistinct. I look back at the group and I go. I put my hand up to my my mouth and I go the the finger for the quiet and then I like tap my ear for listen and I point to the door and I start walking slowly and quietly to the door to try to pick up what I'm hearing. Okay, what are the rest of you guys doing? I proceed along with Shadow very slowly and quietly into the room towards uh, Carlton. And the rest of you? We'll bring up the spellcasters. We'll bring up the rear. Spellcasters, bring up the rear. Bring it up the butt. Okay. Butt, butt, butt. All right. Did you want to open the door to the north? Did you want to... I want to listen first. You... <laughs> uh, like, now that I'm closer, I want to, like, kind of put my ear up to it, see what, if, what like, if I can make out what those noises are, what they sound like. Is it just general, okay. like, or is it, like, distinct chattering, or... So you want to go ahead and just put your, your ear right up to the door and listen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, dart to the eardrum. <laughs> Fortunately, as you do that, even though everybody initially thinks about darts, nothing happens. Go ahead and roll another perception check. And Travancore, if you wanted to do a similar thing, you, since you talked about doing doing just that, I'll let the two of you roll some perception checks at the door. Sure. All right. Listening at the door, I get a 17. Okay. Ugh, 11. Yeah, the both of you hear something. Travancore, it's, it's hard to make out through the wood of the door. Carlton, you... You realize that what you were hearing, what you were, what you heard was more that you were sensing it, because what it sounds like is almost rhythmic pounding. It's not quite rhythmic, but it sounds like someone or multiple someone's pounding on a door far enough away from this door to be indistinct. So somebody's dropping the beat. Eh, a little bit. It's they're doing a bad job of keeping the rhythm, if that's for sure. And there has not been a bass drop that you can tell of in the few minutes that you've been in this room. Is it is it is it my 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 golem friend? You'd have to go through the door to find out. Bernie suddenly wants to go through the door. Where will these mystic rhythms carry us to? Wait, Jonathan, do the looky looks. Looky looks. Yeah, the make sure I don't get darted. The investigation. Oh, right, he right. would like oh, okay. you to investigate. Okay. I'm like, you want me to send my adorable owl into danger, you asshole? Yes, actually. <laughs> yeah, right. I get called pincushion. <laughs> and uh, all right. So uh, I get a 14 on my investigation. Okay. Door does not seem to be trapped, but it is locked. It is. It's good. Just locked. Hey, Burns. John the Muscular runs away. <laughs> We we got we got we got a thing now. He he lists, he looks for traps. You unlock. I go in. It's your All turn. All right, Bernie's gonna try this one more time. But you guys know that statistically, it's not gonna work out. Hmm. Give me a dexterity uh, check with your your hairpin. Fifteen. This door is a little more difficult. You manage to extract all the pieces of your bobby pin before they get broken, <laughs> so you don't actually ruin anything. But. Uh, don't quite unlock it. All right. This, well, this does seem to be a slightly heavier, more secure door, especially now that it's in an actual building space instead of like a door in a hallway leading to a cave. 
right, everybody. It, I can't do this quietly. I, you can't kick in a door very quietly. But Wait. Do we have any other options other than me kicking it down? I could try p- picking the lock. With the bobby pin? Yeah. If, if you know, it couldn't hurt, and then if it doesn't work, then by all means, do your door magic. Okay. You're lucky Bernie has quite a few bobby pins holding all this shit together. So that's a sleight of hand check, right? No, it's just dex. It's, nope, it's just give me a dexterity check. That's still pretty dexy bonus, so Yeah, not I was so bad say, your dex is a bit better than hers, so. Which is almost non-existent. Well, <laughs> that's, that's not going to do very much. Seven. Bernie now has a permanent lock of hair that's never going to sit right. <laughs> yeah, you were you were very hopeful when she handed you the bobby pin, but this isn't the right implement for this task. You you know this. Even even the royalty that you are, your training has taught you enough about stealth to include a little bit about how to say open locks. Uh, it's not working. Bernie, Bernie, I think I could do better. Can I, can I have a bobby pin? <laughs> like, please, please let me show up, Travancore. <laughs> I'm going to say at this point, Bernie only has so many bobby pins to hold this bun in place, okay? But I will heal you if you hurt yourself knocking that door in. Fine. All right. Uh, it's not kick, trapped. Uh, kick down a door. Athletics? Yeah, give me an athletics check. Give me a, a straight athletics roll. All right. <laughs> wow. 11. Okay. <laughs> Fuck this door. So you just not have is what what was that? That's you, I thought strength is your I have a plus 8 to athletics. Oh so my. So ram your shoulder into the side of this door intent on just breaking it off of its lock and you slightly underestimate that no this while the destruction around you gave you the sense that this was a decrepit space that was falling apart no this this door it's a good door it's a solid door it's going to need a little bit more than that Travancore, this is your fault you got it stuck with the bobby pin mm. no yeah. i thought- locked it tighter <laughs> are there hinges on this door absolutely is there a way that we could just unscrew the hinges uh, Roll an investigation check. Actually, yeah, Someone. I was going to say, does anybody have uh, pitons? I have pitons. Because, like, I could take a piton and kind of, like, hammer out the pin of the hinge. Well, Bernie has a great idea. She just doesn't know how to, um, she got a three. So she's <laughs> looking at this door. She's like, huh, it's a door with hinges. If only there were screws. Does anybody else want to try to see if there's screws on this door? Yeah, you, you don't see any screws on the hinges. Trevor, let me get at that piton. Yeah, I hand over a couple of pitons. All right, I'm going to try to, like, find where the hinge, like, the pin of the door and, like, kind of, like, tap it out, like, using a piton to, like, knock it out of place. Okay, you you think you'd be able to do that. It's probably going to take a little bit and make a lot of noise, but you, and you're my pretty shoulder sure... did it. <laughs> well, you know, at least that was quick. This would This would probably take a little bit more time, but if you'd like to try, I need an investigation check. Alright, I'll investigate, and then if I don't think I can do it, then I'll just keep slamming my shoulder into it. Pray to Bay, sure. you knew better than I did. Oh my god, fuck this dice! What'd nice you roll? A four! You're having a hard time getting the the piton to fit right over the spot where the, the pin would be for the hinge of the door. Like, you know where it is, you can see it. But the piton is just a little too big, and so you're having to use a corner. And every time you smack it, it off on the side, and you're you have a hard time seeing exactly where to put it. 
and it takes you like five minutes. But eventually you do knock both of the pins out of this door. As you knock the second pin out and move towards the third, the door and comes off of its hinges a little bit because you've knocked two of these three pins out. As you get the third one done and you wrench open the door, all of you can now see into the next room. And it's it's a humongous room. It is maybe a hundred feet deep and it is only about 25, 30 feet wide. Part of the reason that it's so big with its vaulted ceilings is because a whole chunk of the floor has a drop-off. And on the other side of the room, there's stairs, kind of rough stairs that are in the ground leading down into the floor. So you guys are kind of, the, the stairs are leading from the north to the south through this gigantic hole in the floor. And if you were to move forward and look down, there would be a drop-off of like 50, 60 feet. On the far other side of the room, past where this rough stairs is in the floor, is another door. It seems to be another one of these big, thick wooden doors. And now you know at least some of what the noise was in the room. There is several figures little difficult to see, even for those of you with dark vision, it's, it's kind of just out of your range. There are several figures right on the side of this door, pounding on it incessantly. There seems to be at least five different figures. What you also see, which is giving off a little bit of light in the room, are two other beasts, large hounds with flames coming off of their bodies, snarling and snapping as they are only about 20 feet away from you, as it seems like they were alerted to your presence. And we can all roll initiative. How exciting. <laughs> okay, I need some initiatives from Bernie. Well, I thought I did really good. I got a 17. Maybe I didn't do as good as I thought. And Travancore? 12. And Jonathan? Uh, 17. But do you have a dexterity bonus? I do. I, it's two. And I do okay. not. So he goes That's first. what I figured. All right, Carlton? Uh, 18. All right, and I'm assuming you're going to go before Jonathan. Bucks. Five. Bucks rolled a five? He rolled, I didn't think that was... He rolled a four, and and his he only gets a plus one dex. But really? He just, yeah, but his he is skilled in perception and stealth. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Okay, and Shadow. Also five. No dex, oh. no dex bonus, though. The animal companions are going one right after another. Okay. All right, so first up, some of the figures on the other side of the room that you cannot see move, or you can see them, but they're they're very indistinct. They are, even, as I said, even with dark vision, this room itself is more than 100 feet, and so it is very difficult to see them. Anyway, these figures uh, leave the doorway and move forward, and Carlton they're going to try to shoot you, but they are going to be at disadvantage because you guys are so far away. So the first shot, well, good thing it's at disadvantage because one of them was a natural 20. The other one, uh, I don't think a 12 hits you. Uh, No, it does not. And once again, thank thankfully for disadvantage because I rolled another natural 20. However, oh my gosh. Seven, I still don't think a 14 hits you. It does not. 
Okay. Uh, they are done as they have failed to shoot you at that distance. And Carlton, it is your turn. These dogs were shooting me? No, the figures that moved away. Humanoid oh, figures I, I that were up against... Up. There we go. Nope, that's okay. <laughs> those dogs if it makes you feel any better. Yeah, the only thing you can see clearly are these huge hounds with flames coming out of their mouths and uh, kind of red, black, crackly skin. The middle of this room is this big pit that has a stairway leading from the north, and there's a hound kind of to your east and a hound to your west. All right, yeah, I'm running up to the one on the right or east, I guess. Sure. Uh, And he's going to get... He barks an arrow at you. He barks several, a volley of arrows. <laughs> All right, uh, let me... It could be worse. I could have him attacking with bees. Bees right. out of his muzzle. <laughs> what, 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 what have you been doing lately that you got all these strange ideas about well, killing pandas is like and killing bees? Us. It's polymorph crash fault. They said kill us. And I'm like, no. Hey, listen, I've been trying to make stuff interesting this entire time, I didn't need the wonderful people of Polymorph Crafts to come along and say, kill them. I, I just try to make things interesting. Okay, uh, so bonus action rage, because I'm still hurting and there's a lot of stuff in this room. Sure. Let's go with the Hallbird. Hallbird. Yeah, let's let's do some of that uh, hacking and slashing that I do. Uh, 13? That will not hit. Ah. It's... It kind of king off of its side, and unlike a normal dog, this this creature seems to have thick, leathery hide with this glow underneath it. All right, uh, second attack. That's oh! a crit. Nice. Well, that will hit. Go Drake. ahead and roll damage. Uh, so that's going to be twenty on the first, and then I get to do that. Oh, because I'm a half orc. All right, so twenty damage for your initial Initially, hit. Yep, and then okay. So then an additional 18, so 38 total. Wow, nice. This thing goes from being snarling and hearty and healthy and just... And you jab your halberd. You're actually trying to get it like down its throat and you catch it in the shoulder, but it goes super deep. And as you pull it out, this thing gives a, a yelp and it kind of looks like you almost killed it in one hit, but it is still standing. Damn. Let's see. Uh, that's all I've got for now. Okay, Jonathan. All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to uh, break out, let's see, east uh, six squares. So as far as he can go, just straight east. Okay. And as he does that, he lines up a finger gun and fires a firebolt at that uh, same doggo. Uh, does 16 hit? 16 hits. All right. Eh, I've done better. 10 damage. Is it fire damage? It is fire damage. It's a blue, li- little blue flame. And that little blue flame is swallowed up by this creature and nothing happens. <sighs> all right. That's, that's all I can the do. The DM has figured out your weakness. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. All right. Bernie, it's your turn. You've watched as Jonathan finger guns this hellhound and the fire doesn't seem to have any effect on it. Um, Bernie is going to cast Bless. Okay. On her three friends. And they now get to do, and it's just kind of a thing that happens. You guys get to add a d4 to attack rolls or saving throws, which I feel like will help kill things. And then as a bonus action, she's going to do her spiritual weapon. Okay. Where would you like to put it? I would like to put it in flanking with Carlton and the doggo. 
Awesome. Yes, you can absolutely hit the... The dogs are only about 30 feet away from you guys. So you can easily plunk your spiritual weapon down in flanking with Carlton. And what does it look like? I think it is going to look like a giant rolled up newspaper. <laughs> All right. A, a giant spectral uh, holy newspaper with the, the writings of Queen Bay on it appears. And then let me do my attack, which I had written down. Thank you very much, Julia, for writing things down. Okay, D8. So does 15 hit? We well, you know I roll advantage. I hope 15 hits because the yeah. <laughs> 15 just hits. Oh, you thwap this dog on the butt. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay, and it's spell casting villain modifier, which is wisdom. And that is 12 damage. Yeah, so Carlton brought this thing to practically nothing, and your spiritual weapon takes off the last little bit, and it falls over with a... and dies, and the kind of the reddish glow from its mouth and its eyes and under its skin fades into nothing. Ha-ha! Anything else? Uh, Bernie says, bad dog! <laughs> All right, if there's nothing else, it is the other doggy's turn. The one is dead, but the other has plenty of movement. A 15-foot cone. It is going to run up here. Uh, oh, my. Looking at Travancore, Shadow. Jonathan, where exactly is Bucks? I'm assuming that he didn't just hang out there. Was he on your shoulder? Yeah, he's, he's sticking with me. That's kind of what I thought. So Travancore, Shadow, and Bernie, oh, no. I need all of you to make a uh, dexterity saving throw as oh, this, this hound opens its jaws and from its maw, fire erupts, almost like dragon fire, this bright red gout of flame. Uh. Wow, that's interesting. Luckily, Shadow has advantage. But Travancore didn't need anything, but he has, let's see, do do do. He had less anyway, so he rolled those. Travancore, what did you roll? Uh, 27. And that's a natural 20, right? Yes, it is. Everybody, uh, drink. There's been a lot of natural 20s. Mm. Woo! Prost. You save, you're going to take half damage. How about Shadow? 10. He fails, he'll take full damage, Ooh. and Bernie. Bernie got a 2. Uh, Bernie also fails. So Bernie and Shadow are going to take full damage. Travancore, you will take half as... Crap. Maxed on two. That is 24 fire damage as this thing gouts flame onto the three of you and leaves a lot of hair singed and burnt. Oh, well, that leaves... I don't think Shadow was healed from the last attack, so unless I'm mistaken, he's at negative nine. <laughs> Then Shadow, uh, some of his fur singed, gives a and falls over unconscious. I think I like gave him a healer's kit heal, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was meant to like do like a short rest, but I forgot about it. So, oops. Well, it is your turn, Travancore. What would you like to do? So, Travancore, seeing his bear go down and actually feeling the singe himself, uh, you know, turns his full attention to uh, to this beastie here. Um, he doesn't charge his flare bow because he saw what happened with Jonathan, but he is going to hunter's mark this guy, and okay. he's going to shoot him with one of his arrows. So for posterity, that's a twenty-seven. That super duper twenty-eight, hits. rather actually, well, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> okay, it's going to be five piercing plus four from the hunter's mark, so nine total. Nine total. Okay. 
Uh, hey, Bernie, is bless, is that a constitution? Is, is that not constitution? Is that concentration? Um, uh, concentration? Yes. Okay, I need you to roll a uh, constitution saving throw because I need to see whether you can continue to concentrate on that spell after taking that okay, damage. Okay, constitution. I almost forgot. It's not going to make uh, too much of a difference because Trevor Cole rolled so high, but. 21? You took 24. Yeah, yeah, that saves. Yep, you maintain concentration. Uh, so Bless is still active. Travancore, yeah, you sink an arrow into this thing and it it lands kind of in its right shoulder and it jerks back, but it remains there growling at you. Travancore is going to step back behind uh, Shadow's not moving body and he is going to end his turn. Okay. From the other side of the room, the pounding continues as you see three figures just pounding away on this door that you can't see very well, so you don't get any distinct features, but that seems to be where that noise is coming from. Uh, Bucks, it's your turn. Bucks is... uh, He is going to fly away from me. He's going to go towards the spiritual weapon. Okay. And kind of like hide out, try and find a place to hide around that area. All right, roll a stealth check. Uh, He gets a 13. Yeah, Bucks, it's hard because there isn't much cover in this room. Um, Do you want him to continue to be flying or would you like him to try to land and hide? He'll continue to fly. Okay, then he will fly up the ceiling on this cavern room hybrid is pretty high. It's like 45, 50 feet high. And so he goes way up, hoping to be kind of less visible up top. I need Shadow to make a death saving throw. Okay, luckily, uh, thanks to Beast Defense, uh, I think, uh, when, I don't know if that works if he's if he's out of points, but it says on seventh level, while your companion can see you, it has advantage on all saving throws. Does that include death? Yeah, it's a saving throw. Okay. So, and he can technically, I mean, he's technically unconscious, but... Yeah, I'll say it counts for for death saving throws. Sure. Someone's probably going to correct me online, but I don't care. It's your game. 14. Uh, Yeah, that is one success. Okay. Uh, So he he doesn't get any better, but he doesn't get any worse. We are back around to the top of the round. Uh, These dark figures are going to... The one on the left moves up just a little bit. The one on the right stays put. The one on the left mutters arcane words under its breath and throws out a hand towards uh, the three of you, Shadow, Bernie, and Travancore, and around you in a sphere, it is suddenly pitch black. You are unable to see anything. And the other one is going to reload their crossbow. And they're going to try to hit Carlton with a crossbow bolt. This one will hit because they are finally not a disadvantage. That's going to be a 26 versus your AC. Yeah, yes. Okay. I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Let's see. Con save. Don't save. Fail me. 26. All right. You're going to take five piercing damage from the arrow as it hits you. And it kind of grazes you along the side. It doesn't do a ton of damage. And then you feel the wound pulse a little bit as obviously some some type of poison tries to take effect, but it just pulses the once and you easily shrug it off. And he will then back up a little bit and they are done. Carlton, it's your turn. All right. Uh, I'm going to do some slashy slashy because uh, I don't like stuff that's going on all around me. So there's this 
doggo that's kind of harassing my friends here. Oh and yes, he he, uh, he he spits hot fire. He does. So I'm going to uh, do my hack and slash with the uh, halberd. Uh, does a 14 hit? Sadly, no. Once again, as you rush on over trying to be there to help your friends, it just king off of the the tough hide of this thing. I think I just need to like let's see let's see what's the, what happens now. Second hit. <laughs> maybe you'll maybe you'll natural 20 again. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to natural 20, but let's see if uh, the Bay's blessing is upon me for 17. This time, Bernie helps you. And yes, that does hit. Yeah, I think I just need to stop moving when I go to hit these things. Like, I got to just like plant and then hit. There you go. So that will be a 18 total. You remember Laros Tough was very insistent about the not moving when you wanted to do a, a massive strike. Okay, 18 you said? Uh, 18 total, yes. All right. Uh, yeah, this thing is now looking incredibly hurt, and it shies away from you a little bit, but it is still standing. You know what? Bonus action, frenzy. Let's uh, let's let's clear some stuff out because we're all gonna be hurting soon. So, and we're all running low on abilities. So let's uh, let's go hard. Okay. Uh, that's gonna be a twenty-five to hit. Absolutely. For another seventeen. Uh, this time, you take it out. You do not want it breathing any more fire on your friends, and it dies. Cool. So let's see. That was... It was about 30 feet to kind of go back and around. Okay, so 30 feet total. So I have another 10 to move. Yeah. You want to move closer to this other figure? Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right. You get a little bit closer to this this figure. You can see it is a humanoid in dark robes, very kind of almost dark purple skin holding a hand crossbow and has just finished casting a spell at your at your friends. Jonathan, it is your turn. Seeing uh, Carlton making for this one, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to go also towards the spiritual weapon and he's going to loose a firebolt on the closest dark elfy person. You know, you... you- could, like, roll a perception check or something to see if you know what they are. Sure. Fuck, god damn it! <laughs> wow. <laughs> god you wasted it. damn it! Jonathan rushes forward past the body of the hellhound that now that he's close up to it, he can clearly see is this fireborn beast that oh yeah that's probably why that that firebolt didn't work and then knowing your mistake from before you don't make that mistake again and peer intently at this creature down the way what is this thing oh that's a drow what are drow doing here i feel like with a natural 20 you also like look into its soul know what makes its heart tick like you know about its first love i get my i get my 20 i roll a goddamn natural 20 on that fucking perception check also, yeah, that's a perception. Also, it's like a skill check, so I think I think you can add a D4. Oh, let me do that! Let <laughs> sure. me do that! Yeah. Carlton, if he had rolled an insight check, you would know all that stuff. With a natural 20 on perception, Jonathan can very clearly see that not only is this drow suffering from um, some sort of after effects of having really bad acne-prone skin when they were a child, but Aww. you can also tell that this is very clearly a winter and they're wearing summer clothing and it's just awful. It's awful oh, enough. No. no, here comes the fireball. Yeah, fire there's bolt. all kinds of things wrong with this drow right now. This poor drow. I bet its mom never took shopping. No, it's absolutely <laughs> oh! <laughs> two natural twenties on your turn. Oh my god! Were you rolling an insight check as well? What was the second one for? The firebolt. 
There we oh, go. Firebolt. For I was worried you were rolling it for funsies, okay? Nope. <laughs> but you know what? Well, and I am going to take my shot of fireball for that. For the, for sure. the critical firebolt hit. Sure. sure. And then go ahead and roll damage on this drow. Uh, All that's left of that drow after this is going to be acne scars and bad clothing. <laughs> very well, much. Well, let's see. It, this this is very swingy damage here. And then, so 25 firebolt damage on that critical. Nice. You also got yeah. like two tens. Yes. <laughs> I rolled yeah. two tens on the D10. You peer intently at this drow, angry, send out this fire shot, now... Uh, positive that this this creature is not going to resist or be immune to your fire like the other ones were. It slams straight into its face, burning off much of its skin, and it dies. <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> Anything else? No, Jonathan the Magic Muscular is just excitedly making noises. Okay. Bernie, from inside of a ball of darkness, you are blind at the moment. You can sense and feel and remember that there is an unconscious bear kind of in front of you to the right, and you remember Travancore moving to uh, next to you, but at the moment you cannot see anything. What kind of check do I need to do? I feel like I could do Dispel Magic to get rid of this. Would you like to cast a spell magic? I'd like to, yeah. Let's let's fucking try. Choose any creature, object, or magical effect within range. Obviously, this darkness is magic. I'm going to, yeah, be casting dispel magic. And is it a third level or lower tart spell? No, no, it is not. I'm just double checking. I'm pretty sure it works. I'm just triple checking. Because I think for spell higher on the i gotta make an ability check perhaps um and that might be that might come into play in the future but for the moment the darkness that was cast is just second level so you you oh i thought you said it was i thought you said it wasn't a lot lower than third level and i was like oh fuck me (laughs) nope nope it's it's lower so you immediately cast uh dispel magic and the sphere of darkness around you winks out into nothing and and you can once again see. Okay, good, because I can't cast any healing spells if I can't see. That might be one of the reasons that this this drow cast darkness on you. As a bonus, I want to get the spiritual weapon as close to this last drow as possible. Uh, What's the movement on spiritual weapon? 20 feet. Okay, so here's the good news. Because it is a, a floating newspaper roll it doesn't have to worry about going all the way around where the big hole in the floor is for this the stairs it can just go directly across the bad news is it's not 20 feet away from the drow the drow is about 40 feet away so it can't quite get there i feel like though it's got to be really intimidating to see a big giant rolled up newspaper floating towards you across this darkness oh oh absolutely and to have your darkness suddenly go away uh anything else that is literally everything she can do, but on the next round, she can maybe, if you don't do something else, heal people. Well, we'll see what happens, but for the moment, it is Travancore's turn. Okay, I mean, Travancore thinks briefly about the symbolism of Shadow going down in his world, literally descending into darkness, but shakes it off because he's not a big fan of symbolism. <laughs> Ordinarily, <laughs> as a ranger, he would he would try and attack his target from as far away as possible, but he's kind of mad, so he's actually going to use his full movement to move as close to that drow as possible. He has 30 feet of movement, so I think diagonally it'll get him to behind Carlton. 
You can get there. You can't quite get up to him, though, but you can get very close. That's that's fine. I don't need to be right up to him, but I think it, he, I will fall upon him if he's still alive by my next turn. And he's going to shoot him with an arrow. And Bernie's concentration never dispels. We still, we're still blessed, right? Still you concentrating. Still Here we go. Will a 13 hit him? Sadly, no. Your, your rage gets in the way of your aim, and it goes a little wide. Ah. Oh, boy. All right. Yeah, I'm done. As uh, Shadow's reaction, he, he twitches or does not twitch. <laughs> All right. From the doorway, the pounding stops. <gasps> and the three figures turn in unison and uh, all three begin to shamble towards the drow and the rest of you. As they get a little closer, you do see they seem to be like the zombies you had encountered before. They're obviously some sort of undead, but they're actually wearing armor and some of them have weapons and they seem to be a little more kitted out than the the shambling mounds of flesh that you encountered before. Uh, they can only move about 30 feet, though. So this round, all they do is get into view. It is Bucks' turn. All right. Bucks is going to swing around. Uh, I think he can make it. So the door is like right up here, sort of, right? The door was about 120 feet across the room. I know Bucks has like 3 million feet of movement. He can easily get to the door from where you are. Okay, he's going to get right next to the door. He gets right next to the door. And he's going to take a little owl peek in. (laughs) He can't quite see. There's not like a a hole that he can see through, but he can see that whatever damage is being done to this door, the zombies and whatever else was attacking it, they didn't do a ton of damage. They were just doing it over a very long period of time. This door has taken a ton of hits and has been cracked and destroyed in a bunch of places. It it looks like if anything with any strength had come through and pounded into it, it might not last very much longer, but at the moment there is no sight through it. Okay. Uh, it's Bucks' turn. All right. I need Shadow to make another death saving throw. All right. 11. Yep. That's a second save. So he is still stable. The drow is going to... Travancore, you speak Undercommon, right? I do. Okay. Does anybody else speak Undercommon? Nope. I don't think Banjo so. Banjo Deborah Jones did before she died. Oh, no. Poor Banjo oh. Deborah Jones. Well, Banjo Deborah Jones is not here, but Travancore, you do hear this drow in Undercommon bark out a couple of harsh commands to these zombies akin to, uh, cover my escape! And he darts back his full 30 feet of movement, and he will try to shoot Carlton with another crossbow bolt. But he will roll a natural one, so he will fail miserably. Carlton, it's your turn. I don't like undead, so I like kind of crack my knuckles, crack my neck, and uh, get ready for. Uh, if I had a bludgeoning weapon, it would be clobber in time. But instead, it's hack and slash time. Right there, <laughs> okay. running up to these guys. Sure. And uh, nineteen to hit. That just barely hits. You almost chink off of the chainmail that this right. one zombie is wearing, but you do manage to catch it in just the right way. Cool. I get to re-roll the d10, because it was a 1 or a 2. All right, so 4, 8, 10, 15 points. 15. Uh, do you right. need me to separate it? In this case, no. Okay, I just want to ask, because they are zombies. Same guy, coming at him. Uh, 23. Definitely hits. 
All right, and I'm going to re-roll that D10 again, because D10s are being crappy today. Much better. <laughs> um, so 6, 9, 11, 16 points. All right. In and your fury, I... you do actually slaughter this one. Your first halberd strike comes around and slashes it along the abdomen. As its guts spill out, you then shove that halberd deep into that wound and almost pick it up and throw the zombie to the side as it dies. Cool. Uh, Sir Laris wasn't able to fully contain my rage, so I got my frenzy attack coming at the the next one in line. Sure. I, I, I hold my head in shame. What'd you roll? A natural one. Oh, I'm guessing even bless won't help you. Natural one <laughs> no, is auto fail. Right, auto fail. Okay. Yeah. The thing is, is it was like a 17, and then the other digital die bounced into it, and it rolled over. Part of you thinks that maybe you jinxed yourself by thinking ill of your teacher, but because for a moment you were like, "Ah, Sir Laros couldn't contain my rage," and then you just <laughs> you totally whiff. And it's almost as though he's standing over your shoulder, disapprovingly saying, you don't need to contain, you just need to control. And it is Jonathan's turn. As as Carlton feels shame is a minor action. Oh, no. Yep. <laughs> All right. Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to continue around the edge of the, uh, of the well here. And... To the north or to the south? To the north. And okay. he's going to try and uh, shoot this... Let's... Do I have a better option? Well, you would know. That's what I'm yeah, looking at. Yeah, I know. At. You're the only one who knows the answer to mm, that. I don't know. Try it. So, do it. All right. What do I know about drow? Uh, are they immune to sleep? Drow, because they are related to elves, you do think, uh, well, you rolled natural 20 before, so you know for sure um, you cannot magically put a drow to sleep. <laughs> you were going to put it to sleep and then accidentally put all of us to sleep. It's it's so far away. I just shoot it with a firebolt. Okay, go ahead and roll an attack. Thankfully, you took the time last round to take a look at it and identify what it was. And so you would know, I can't put that guy to sleep. Yep. Uh, 16 AC. Yes, that hits. Uh, 10 again. It goes, ah, as you uh, hit it right in its hip, leaving a giant burn mark, but it is still standing. All right. Uh, that's all I do. All right, Bernie, it is your turn. Bernie's going to uh, cast Mass Healing Word as a fourth level spell, uh, which means, yeah, you guys hopefully will get a lot of healing because everybody's going to get, because it's a fourth level spell, an additional six healing points added, and then I've got to calculate my healing. But it's going to be 2d4 plus spellcasting ability modifier, which is a five plus six. Plus things, plus things. Math! Five and six is 11, right? Mass healing. All right, it's bonus action. Range 60 feet. So yeah, I think you can... Yeah, you can get everybody Does in Bernie that. Does Bernie need to crawl forward a little bit to like... You You know what? Just for safety's sake, without having to deal... You, you kind of move in front of Shadow instead of behind him, and then you're easily able to get all of your friends. Okay, so everybody gets 15 points back. <laughs> which should put Travancore back up to normal. Yep, Shadow's eyes flicker, and he... <sighs> as he comes back to consciousness with 15 hit points. Which is exactly what he had last time, so we're just going to be real careful. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, that was your bonus action, I believe. No, that was just my action. I thought that was... <sighs> Mass healing word is a bonus action. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about... 
I was going to do that as an action and then move my little thing a little closer to these zombies and attack them. I think you can still... Well, okay, so Massing Healing Word is a bonus action. It's only a bonus action. It can't be an action. You know what? In the end, it doesn't really matter because you can either do the Mass Healing Word as an action and then move your spiritual weapon as a bonus action, but you still can't... I don't think you can... Is hitting an action? So I for what spiritual weapon is always, as a bonus action, you can move and repeat an attack. So I'll say, sure, if you would like, as your full action, to move and attack the spiritual weapon, because it would normally be a bonus action, Yeah, sure, I'll let that happen. Okay, so... I, I wouldn't normally make a bonus action able to be an action, but if you're going to go the other way, in this case, sure. So in it can get into flanking with precisely 20 feet of movement to kill this zombie. Sure. So it's The gonna- internet is raging at me right now. I love it. The internet can deal... I don't care. <laughs> I got permission from the DM. You guys can... I remember distinctly, Lauren, you always say, if you don't agree with my rules, shut up. It's my game. Or something along those lines. Yes. And I wholeheartedly still agree with that. And if you are the DM, you can make any rules that you want. And you're the ones in charge. However, that's not going to stop the internet from yelling at me. And that's okay. I still love the internet. Bernie, <laughs> the what is your spiritual weapon paper roll? gets a natural 20. Ooh, Drink. <laughs> Drink. All Tonight, right. Bernie saved a life. She's gonna there do. There has been a lot of natural 20s in this game. Go ahead and roll damage. And uh, Spiritual Weapon does force damage, correct? Two, yeah. Nine. Not too shabby. Nice. This zombie seems to be a little harder than the ones that you encountered before. But with nine points of damage, it definitely it reels back as the spiritual newspaper whacks it upside the head. Travancore, you feel a little bit better hearing the groan moan of Shadow as he comes back to consciousness behind you. And on realizing that, Travancore sees his mistake. Uh, he's not a pursuing guy, he's an arrow guy. Um, I don't know if I have to recast Hunter's Mark or if I can move it from the dead <laughs> dog to uh, to this drow that's escaping. As a bonus no, you action. can just move it. Cool. Once you've cast it, you can use a bonus action to move it. Alright, so I'm moving Hunter's Mark to the drow. I'm going to charge my final flare bow spot for the day. And I'm going to hopefully this arrow hits this guy. Sure. 23? Oh, yes. Definitely hits. Okay, so... Alright, that's 10 piercing, plus... Uh, one from the Hunter's Mark, plus five flaming. Nice! You light okay. the zombies on fire? Well, no, you're going for the drow, right? Uh, the yeah, drow. I was going for the drow, because I don't My want head. to escape. Okay. You aim down your sights and nail this drow in his shoulder, and for a moment, he bears the brunt of this arrow as it sinks on in. But then as your flare ignites, it catches this whole side of this drow's face and head on fire, and it falls over dead. Yes! Nice. And uh, and Travancore looks back over at Shadow and gives him a head nod and and kind of a smirk. (laughs) <laughs> and then Angie's turn. All right. It is the zombie's turn. The one is going to swing around. They are smart enough to get into flanking with Carlton. flanking. I don't sing the happy flanking song when someone's going to die. I'm just, they do oh, no, seem fine. to guys, be a little bit smarter than your average zombie. Do they have picnic baskets hidden in that armor of theirs? Shadow bristles <laughs> at that question. <laughs> You'll have to roll a perception Bernie check to see. Bernie gives Shadow a look that says, I have saved your life three times now. Shh, cut your whining. 
And Shadow responds with a look that's as if to say, I can be grateful and still bristle. All right. Carlton, you notice that uh, one of these zombies is holding a battle axe very similar to yours. The other one seems to have a a sword of some kind. And so the first one, a 22 versus AC? Yeah. All right. So with the battle axe, so that's going to be 12 slashing damage. Are you raging? Is that half? I am still raging. Yep. Uh, the other one will also hit as they, I rolled a 17 plus their bonus. So that's going to be eight slashing damage as these guys just go to town on you with these weapons. Fortunately, though, that is all. It is Bucks' turn. All right. Now Bucks is going to try and look in and because the, because the Drow Lady run, run, kind of ran past him, right? Uh, Drow Lady is dead. Oh. Yeah. Travancore stuck a flaming arrow and actually it was Drow Guy. Sorry. Drow Guy is dead. Um, oh, he, Travancore he, stuck he, a- he doesn't matter. He matters even less than the chick. I was going to say, that's a big distinction when it comes to Drow. Yeah. Actually, yes. Uh, it, it is. The Drow are dead. The only thing that's left are these zombies. Okay. So Bucks is going to look into the other room. Roll a perception check. He gets two of these. Uh, 19. So- as I said before, there's really not like a clear hole through the door to see into the other room. Buck spends his turn kind of flying up and flying down and looking all over. And he finally manages to see kind of the a tiniest sliver of a crack to look in. And it looks like there's a room back there. It is pitch black. There seems to be some stuff on the side, maybe a couple of, of boxes doesn't really see anything else, but he can only see a, a tiny portion of the room. Okay. All right. That's going to be what Bucks does. Shadow is conscious and not dead. Hmm. Ordinarily, Shadow would actually run to help uh, Carlton with his flanking conga line, but he's actually a little gun shy this time. He's going to stay back and, you know, if allowed, he's going to help Bernie with whatever uh, checks or attacks that she may have be able to do. I don't think he can help with attacks. There's nobody in her range. And I'm not sure it's going to matter because I'm pretty sure these guys are going to be dead by the time her turn comes around. But uh, yeah, but he, just in case. He can't help with attacks, but he can definitely help because uh, he'd have to be near the enemy she wants to attack. But right. if he wants to stay, he can essentially guard her back. And so she'll have ch- uh, advantage on – he can give the help action to her for like checks and things. Cool. That's fine. All right. That's what Shadow's going to do. Bernie, even as you've grown used to Shadow's presence, it's still not necessarily comfortable, but you feel him stand up and take a very defensive position at your back. And you're you're pretty confident that nothing could come up behind you without him engaging. Don't fart. He will not fart. Uh, Carlton, it's your turn. All right. Uh, time to do my thing. Uh, and I got flanking conga line with the rolled up newspaper. Yes, you do. All the flanking. So I'm going to continue wailing on that one. Sure. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you know, uh, see you guys, it was fun. Bye. I quit oh my gosh. Well, what did you roll? With advantage, I rolled double ones. Oh, oh seriously. Oh my. Damn. Carlton, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Are you going to make Carlton die of shame? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but roll a constitution saving throw. You've done that before. 26. I but in fairness, I've only done that to my creature. I would not make one of you die of shame. I might I might make you experience shame as a bonus action. With twenty six, Carlton, you do not start to cry. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you managed to hold yourself together. Alright. Attack number two. And now I have double sixteens. Much better. Alright, so that's a twenty-four total. Definitely hits. 
Three, five, ten, twelve points slashing. Excellent. You don't quite kill this thing, but you definitely make up for your complete and utter failure to lift your halberd from before. Uh, but it does seem to still be standing there. Bonus action, uh, frenzied attack. Uh, so that's going to be an 18 to hit. That just barely hits. You All might right. find that chink in the armor again. 16, 20 points on the second hit. It goes down. It goes down very quickly. And you, you try not to look at its face as you kill it because you're too embarrassed. So out of six of my rolls, because like six die rolls, three attacks advantage, three of them were ones. <laughs> but you do manage wow. to kill it. And then I turn and about face to the other one and ready, get ready for the onslaught. <laughs> and you think you see a little bit of a, a smirk on this zombie's face. Fuck Jonathan, you, it's your turn. You don't know me. <laughs> All right, that zombie is going to get a uh, a firebolt as uh, Jonathan works his way to the door uh, to join Bucks. Uh, 19? Yeah, that just barely smacks it along the side. All right, let us do some firebolt damage. 16, nice. Ooh, nice. Yeah, you uh, take a chunk out of its side, making a, a little bit of a, a hole, a flaming hole in its side. It is still standing, but it's looking pretty rough. All right, uh, that is Jonathan's turn. All right, Bernie. Okay, Bernie is going to... <laughs> she has no more spell slots. That's fine. She's going to use Sacred Flame. Uh, it needs to make a dex save throw. Uh, that would be an 18. Fuck, it makes it saving throw. It just manages... It, it's kind of a half dodge, half... It got hit by Jonathan and so it's it's moving in a in a weird way because it got hit by Jonathan in its side but it does manage to dodge. Would you like to bonus action spiritual newspaper? I'm gonna bonus action move the spiritual newspaper into flanking because that should be enough room and uh 15 doesn't hit either does it? No not these guys they are actually wearing armor so your spiritual newspaper just king off of its backside. Well now Carlton has advantage with this guy so that's all that matters. Sure. Travancore, it's your turn. Hunter's Mark on the last guy. <laughs> and uh, Arrow coming his way. And will a 16 hit? 16 will not hit. Uh, Off the armor. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, Please don't tell me this is another zombie that won't die. Come on. All right. <laughs> Travancore is going to move up next to Carlton against his better judgment, thinking like some sort of triple entente of, of flanking. Will be what it takes. And Bernie goes, I have no more spell slots. Don't die. Yeah, if you move up next to Carlton, you will be in melee range with the zombie. Uh, yeah. It's up yeah. to you. He goes up ahead. He goes up about 10 feet, then he stops himself thinking, ranged guy, focus. Remember who you are. Remember. It is this dread warrior's turn. He's going to once again continue to try to slash at Carlton. Doesn't have advantage this time, so he's going to fail miserably. It is Bucks's turn. Uh, Bucks is going to swing by, uh, and so there's nothing in that room that we can see. Were there any other doors that that went out? Uh, Bucks does have dark vision. Bucks can go down the stairs. It, it's not that there's nothing in the room. It's that all Bucks could find was a sliver to look through, and he could only see part of the room. There's there's definitely a lot more to that room in there. He wants there to fly in. That he, uh, the door is closed. Oh. There is a closed door there. Okay, I thought been the, pounding the zombies like, busted out of that door, which is why I thought it was open. No, they were pounding on it trying to... They were trying to bust it down to get in. Okay. Mm. All right. 
Interesting. They just they then just turned around and came at you guys. Bucks is going to examine um the door very carefully so that the next person to come and try and bash it down will hopefully he'll be able to like peck at the weak part. <laughs> sure, roll an investigation check for Bucks. Here we go. Come on, Bucks. Go, go, go. Oh, I think that's like a six. It's hard for Bucks because he's a flying creature and he's not necessarily a hovering flying creature. So he kind of has to constantly swoop up and down and up and down. It's not very conducive to examining this door. It it looks fairly destroyed or fairly uh, injured, I guess. Can a door be injured? It looks like... Carlton with his ass and a few few good strikes could break it down. It was just these zombies were not strong enough, but it is still a solid door. Uh, it is Shadow's turn. Okay, Shadow's going to continue to hang back and aid Bernie in what, or help Bernie in whatever checks she needs to do. Sure. Carlton, it's back around to you. All right. Time to do that thing and put this zombie to permanent rest. Uh, what kind of armor is he wearing? Uh, looks like he's wearing kind of a ratty chainmail shirt and some greaves. Okay. Nothing nothing exciting. It's just nothing unlike the others. Got it. Oh no, no. It's just unlike the other zombies that were barely wearing rags, these seem to be hardier stock and wielding weapons and armor. Alright. First attack. Ah, uh, why am I not a champion yet? So close. Uh that's going to be a twenty seven to hit. Absolutely. Uh, and that'll be twenty points of damage. So describe in gory detail the death of this zombie. So what happens is, like, Bernie's newspaper kind of just, like, taps on the head. It turns around right as my uh, halberd comes in and swoops, and I aim for the head, slicing the head clean off. It lands on the ground in front of me, and it's, like, starts chattering as I then take the butt in and just jab it through the skull. Yeah, and it it doesn't even manage to make a noise as you decapitate and then disjaw this thing. And after a moment, the the room grows quiet as there doesn't seem to be anything else left to attack. Right before I let the spiritual weapon disappear, it it high fives you. (laughs) As much as a piece of newspaper can. It's like, it's like, it's like moving back and forth. It's like, you know, the little brooms. It's like, come on, come on. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, come on. And it high fives you. Okay, good job, newspaper. Should <laughs> we check like the do? door and then try to find a safe place to hunker down? To long rest, because I, yeah. All right, let's check the door and then hunker down. All right, who's who's checking the door for what? Well, uh, Jonathan the Magimuscular will check the door for traps. And he will do so to the tune of 20, soft. The door does not seem to be trapped. You're pretty positive if it had been trapped, it would have been set off by all of the pounding from these zombies. It does still seem to be locked. Uh, looks good. And he backs off. Carlton, I still have a box of Band-Aids. Go do your thing. All right, uh, I'm going to... Well, do we want to try to unlock it with bobby pins so that way we can, like, close it? Instead of me bashing it down and having no door? Well, we do always have the pocket dimension. We can punker down in if there's no door okay that's true but you will remember that any creature that steps onto the teleportation circle can get to your pocket house so the uh the pocket house uh teleportation circle isn't necessarily a a sealed off place true but- right but at least we have uh automata autonomous uh guards oh and i haven't checked on my veggie garden in a while guys god it's gonna you're gonna have grown a, f- a jungle and we could set up a watch just in case, you know, anything does come through. 
All right. right. So what are you guys doing? Are you trying to pick it or are you trying to smash it? I mean, Bernie's willing to expend one more bobby pin to try. All right. Do your bobby pin. And then then I'll shoulder check. 17? It seems like there was enough destruction done to this door that the the lock is already partially damaged and you're able to and open it. As you push open the door into this room, you can see that it's it's a fairly small room. This seems to have been maybe a storeroom or something. It is dirty and smells. Oof, there is a there is a bad smell coming out of this room. There's a couple of boxes broken open kind of on the right-hand side. You see some scattered bits of what look to be kind of the remains of a campfire, if anything, although it's long since been doused. And from the back of the room where you can't see, you hear a voice. And as soon as you crack open the door, you hear this voice say, come no further. I will shoot you if I have to. We come in peace. Yeah, we... Do you, like, do you have, like, a pillow? <laughs> you you are going to break down my door and try to get in here and you're asking me a, about a pillow? No, no, no. no, no it was the zombies. Sir, I used a bobby pin. The zombies that are re-dead on the floor over there were doing the breaking. We also I, killed a couple of drow getting in here, too. Yep. I hope that doesn't ah. bother you. They were try- they in in our defense they tried to kill us first. Well, in my defense they were trying they were trying to kill me first first. And That's from the back fair. of the room from the back of the room a a head pokes up out from behind the boxes, the the destroyed boxes. You see what looks to be a a halfling, dirty, disheveled, a little freaked out, but he is holding a knife in one hand by the tip, seemed very prepared to throw it, gives you guys a, a very long, curious look and says, did the moon pick sent you? Uh, did the moon pick sent us? Duh. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. If the moon pick, the, thankfully you are here. You said, you said that the drow were dead, the zombies were dead. So what are, if you, the moon pick didn't send you, who are you? What are you doing here? What? That. So, it, so it all began when I was challenged to a friendly game of foosball. Yes, we are basically <laughs> here because of foosball, which, if you think about it, is a very strange thing to be telling you, but you're barricaded inside a cave underneath a bar? But maybe not a bar. Maybe it's an armor place. And they sent us down here because they opened a door and found zombies and they closed the door, which truthfully, (laughs) that's what most sane people would do if they found zombies outside their door. And then we go in and we open the door and there are zombies and we go, okay, so I'm I'm not questioning our sanity. Really? No, we're fine. How are you? (laughs) I've been better, but it's certainly better now that you are here. Come Come inside before more drow or more of the zombies hear you. Come, 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 come. And he moves out from behind the boxes, and you can now clearly see this is a halfling. He is in dark leathers, uh, dark leather armor. He seems to have his uh, dirty blonde hair kind of tied back into a, a tight little ponytail. He moves professionally, like he stalks more than anything. And you can all see that he's tightly wound and wary, but he he moves out in front of you and motions you to come inside. I don't know what's left of the door, but go ahead and, and let's close it and let's. I'll get some light and we'll talk. Okay. 
I I go on in as the shadow. Yeah, I walk in. Sure. Yeah, let's go. I introduce myself as Carlton. Ah, yes, you're very big. I can see why. I can see why the drow had lots of problems with you. Uh, then the rest of you. Travancore, Vice Roy of Lenmar. Jonathan the Magimuscular. And this is Bucks. I'm Bernie. This is my dog. He gives you all a nod and um, doesn't hold out a hand, but he sheathes his knife and says, Juster, Juster Tealeaf. I've been down here a couple of days, so thank you. I I really thought that this was going to be my grave unless the Moonpick sent somebody for me, so. I'm sorry. It's good to your, see you here. Your ac- accent's a little thick. Did you say your name was Juster? Juster. Juster, Juster. Tealeaf. Like justice, yes. but Juster. Justice, sure. If you'd, you know, if you'd like to call a thief that, that would be ironic, and I would find that funny. And he gives you kind of this wide, big, bright smile. You can see that he he calms a little bit at that and relaxes just a bit, and and says, "So if you're if you're not here for me, who are you here for?" Well, I mean, Adventure? we told you some friends of ours found some zombies behind a door, and they really, they said, hey, we'd really like it if we could open that door and there would be no zombies. What was our friend's name again? Glory. Is Glory the moon pick? So Joster rolls his eyes as you say Glory, and he says, oh, yes, so the, now I guess why you were talking about all that with the, the foosball. So have you played foosball? No, not not against not against him. He's a he's a drunk. I'm not gonna. I'll I'll just beat him handily. It wouldn't be any fun. On hearing this, Travancore's heart sinks a little bit. <laughs> Brun Brun Millie, you yeah, you Brun know Milby. this one? Yeah, from the Bloody Fist. Yeah, ah. Brun Hilda. So he he sent you down here. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, Brun Hilda, as Bernie said. <laughs> In interesting. All right. Well, for whatever reason that you're down here, I'm, I'm I'm glad to to be rid of all that. But be warned, there's there's much more where that came from. the The reason I got holed up here in the first place is I got sent in by my compatriots to go scout around down here. No one was really expecting anything except a couple of crawling undead, and and then there there they were, all these drow and the zombies and the dogs, and it's 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 a bit of a disaster down here, frankly. I. If I'd known what was going on down here, you wouldn't have been able to pay me enough to come on down, but, you know, here I am. Wait, you were getting paid? Shit. Yeah, Man, we never get paid. You should. This place is a disaster area. Travancore, what was the name of the people who were who you wanted to talk to about a certain weapon or two? Ah, uh, the Thieves Guild. At, at, at that response, I look over in, at Joster and be like, so... Yeah, know anything about a very powerful bow that might be down and about here? Maybe? Maybe we all can get paid. It gives you a very curious look, and Jonathan, go ahead and roll a persuasion check. I'm great at these. Really am. (laughs) I'm great at these, really. Uh, that's actually isn't bad. Oh, yeah, he's, I'm pretty charismatic. That is a 14. He looks at you, and he cocks his head, and he thinks for a very long moment, he says, all right. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't normally be telling you all about this, because you know, thieves guild and all. It's not like we just kind of tell anybody. But you did kind of save my life and everything. So I'll, I'll say this: you're not going to find that that fancy bowl that you're talking about. You're not going to find it down here. That's that's something that my my associates are trying to sell. Uh, I've heard about that thing. I think I think they're. I think they finally did sell it to somebody. I'm not sure. That thing was 
thing was worth a, a pretty penny, but they couldn't get rid of it. They couldn't even get rid of the other one. That's probably why there's so many drow down here. They're the ones that brought it. But yeah. So who told you about the moon pick? The moon pick? Wait, is the moon pick? I thought we were talking the... about a bow. Well, the moon pick is... And he suddenly gets very quiet. Well, you were the one who just mentioned the... I, okay. So has anyone else mentioned the moon pick in the last month? I don't know. Have they? Jonathan, the actual player, has had lots of life events in the last month, but Jonathan the Mad Muscular has a flawless memory for 30 days. I don't think... I don't remember it being mentioned. I don't, I don't remember ever hearing Moonpick. Yeah. I don't think it was ever mentioned. Uh, and I'm like, Joster, you're the only one who's mentioned the Moonpick. Joster rolls his eyes and says, I should stop talking when I don't know who I'm talking to. That's so fine. you were talking about the Thieves Guild, and I was talking about the Moonpick, and let us say they're one and the same. Okay. Good to know. We don't call ourselves the Thieves Guild because, you know, it's such a quaint name. Moonpick is a little more discreet. I can talk about that to people and they don't know what I'm talking about. Like, like to all of you, I can say the Moonpick and you're a little... Oh, but yes. that's why you asked if I could... Oh, Bernie's having a comprehension moment. Yes, I think we all are having a comprehension moment. Listen, why don't we stop talking about our various backstories and just be grateful to each other for saving each other's lives and all of that? And why don't we leave? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but it smells a lot in here. And it's because I've been here a couple of days and I would really like to not be here anymore. Well, tell you what, they, you give us a, I think you're getting paid. We are, we have not gotten paid, uh, as far as I know. We're, I think we're doing this pro bono and, and, uh, and Jonathan the Magic Muscular flashes a look at the guys who got us this job. Um, uh, that's, well, the idea was if we found anything here, we could keep it. But, well, we, look, we found anything. a halfling. Can we keep him? Well, we found a halfling. I, I would rather not be kept. I, I'd be more than happy to accompany or become friends or chat with you some more, but I'm not quite into the slavery kind of thing. I mean, y'all oh, seem no, like very like that, nice. You'll like our pocket house. It's a great place to stay. It has very nice bathroom. No, 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 no. You have a house in your pocket? Yes. Yes. I have it, a poly we carry, pocket. We carry our house in our hearts, which yeah, is sort really of in cute. our pocket. No, 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 she, that, she made it sound, you, you look like magical people. Are you one of those people that can just create a house out of nothing? Because that, let me tell you, I've been having to go back in the corner over there, and there's nothing worse than just having to squat in the corner for a couple of days with zombies outside oh, your door. Yeah, so if you've yeah. got access to one of those, like, magical mansion things, I knew someone who could do that kind of, that crazy, you go through a door, and all of a sudden it's a big, fancy mansion. He well, left a while ago. I, that was I pretty know. Cool. On that, I, yeah. But all he can manage right now is a very good toilet. Yep. Right, and so, it doesn't always flush. So you and got some information out of us. We got some information out of you. All in all, I would say it was a very successful information exchange. I I would agree with you. Yes. So so the the bow that you that was that you guys were trying to move that was a drow bow. No, no, no. It's uh, it's from my homeland. At least that's what I was led to believe. Oh, so the drow stole it and brought it here. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So. So I feel like I'm going to kill a lot more Drell in the near future. The halfling looks at you, Travancore, and, and thinks for a long second and says, so we're, we're, we're still having that, that information exchange you were talking about, weren't you? Sounds like it's still on. All right. Maybe there is still more we could know. Why don't you, 
open up this house in your pocket and God maybe fucking damn it. Maybe we can I can offer a little bit more information about this bowl that you're looking for if you can maybe offer me a toilet and a, a place to, to clean up a little bit. We can do that for you. We'll we'll accompany you to uh to our tavern that we're staying at, actually. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. We'll even we'll put you up. Uh your room's on us. I, I pull Justin Justin Justin, whatever his name is, Juster aside and I say you have to understand, you know, when you work with magic, sometimes it leads to some imbalances, you know, pocket houses, really, like, just, just humor them for a little bit. They're good people, but they've been doing this for a long time, and they need a break. Bernie blinks in a very distracted manner. Go ahead and, and roll a persuasion check, Travancore. Cool. Am I still blessed? <laughs> no, 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 it's been more Bernie than a minute. No, can Bernie blink like she's an idiot in order to- <laughs> 13. Uh, Joster gives you a look. And and so you've kind of pulled him aside to have just a little bit of a chat, and he looks around and looks back at you and says, listen, if you've got some safe place to be, I don't want to have to go back without having a chance to have a little bit of a rest. It's it's not, not safe out there, and my my understanding is you might be from Prakanum? Yes. Hmm. That would explain why you're looking for this... This special bow of yours. Well, listen, I I happen to know at least who to talk to about talking about that bow. And the other thing they were trying to get rid of. The both of them. I could give you a lot of information, but uh, it's not a conversation that we can have when we're watching out for each other's backs. One moment. I'll Uh, confer with my colleagues. Ah, sure. I'll just keep an eye out for more of these zombies. I head back over to the party. And I relay what I was just told. I just have lots of reservations about inviting a member of a thieves guild into our home. We can do set up watches and we can have the automatons help us too, so that he can't do anything. Uh, I feel strongly against this. My vote is yeah. hell no. I mean, operational security is that the best way to hide a thing is to not even let that the thing is known. Uh, Interesting. (laughs) Right. Sorry. So, but that said, we know I, he has, as a member of the Thieves Guild, he is good at deceiving people. He's good at stealing things. Next thing you know, he ends up with the nut. Or our, and our Modrons, or even if he doesn't get the nut, he gets the Modrons. I assume we're whispering all of this, right? Oh, yeah. I, I head back over and I say, best we can offer you is company back. If you want to hang out on your own, you're more than free to, but I would say having the four of us around on the way out of here would be your best bet. And if you're not willing to give the information, that's unfortunate. But but as if you've heard of Econom, you know the resources we have to bear, and you know I'll get it anyway. Well, it, I didn't mean that as a, a threat in any way, shape, or form. I'm just offering you something that I might know in exchange for, you know, whatever you'd have to offer. But uh, it's, you've got secrets. It's okay. I understand. No, I, if you're if you're headed out of here, I'm headed out of here. And I, I, I would, I'll watch your back if you'll watch mine. And that's fair. I, I can offer you nothing more than my assurances that if anything, my skin is more important than, than my double cross. And once we get back to the bloody fist, then I don't know, Brun Millie. Except by our reputation. So he can at least vouch for me as as a, a halfling who's not going to double-cross you, I promise that. And I'd like to incite that. Yeah, sure. same. Oh, yeah, I would like to incite that, because Bernie's got a bonus to that. Sure. 
I sounds good to me. <laughs> Seventeen. And Jonathan? Seven. And Bernie. Twenty-three. Mm. Uh Jonathan, he's dirty and he wants out of here. Absolutely. Uh Travancore. Yeah, I mean he's guarded and he's a little wary, but he seems to accept the fact that you guys have your own secrets and is just kind of trying to be reassuring. But you you think he's telling you the truth, that you know, everything he's just said is the truth. Bernie, yeah, this guy, the last thing he wants to be is here, and he's telling you as much as he feels is safe to tell you, but you get the sense that he's being 100% truthful about his, what he's telling you. He might be intentionally leaving a few things out, but it's not any, it's not like a lie of omission. He's, he's being straight with you and as straight as he feels like he can. At least as straight as you guys are being to him. Okay. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's go, go shower and yeah. sleep. Let's get out of here. And, and Juster, if you think of anything you want to talk about while we're heading out of here, my ears are open. That that Perconum accent is uh, is really butchering Joster there. <laughs> Let me give you an assurance that we'll have a chat and a beer once we're safe and out of here. But for the moment, I would like to not make as much noise as possible because the the undead they are they're undead, but they can still hear. So why don't why don't we just concentrate on getting out of here alive and once we're out of here alive we'll we'll grab a beer together we'll have a little bit of a chat maybe maybe i've got some associates who might be interested in talking to you especially if you are knowledgeable about Perconum. they've got some questions you might be able to answer we'll see and with that we'll see we'll pause right there you guys have picked up a new friend to bring along on your journey back out of the Undermountain. And I will give you some experience. I'd say that's more of a friend question mark. Frenemy. I was putting friends in quotations. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't Air mean quotes. to tell him literally everything. I. <laughs> What's interesting is that Bernie would probably be the most guarded in that situation most times because of her charlatan upbringing. That's she was thrown true. off by his his roguish halfling. Bernie looks was and charms. thrown off by really fucking wanting to go take a shower herself. So <laughs> she's fair. just like, everybody, come on, just we're gonna. I'll say this: there's one pocket who'll have a very difficult time trying to pick on me. Oh, God. oh are you just gonna put the nut in your butt? It's an option. <laughs> your butt nut brings, nut. brings new meaning to the phrase "moon pick." <laughs> there if, you go. Uh, if we're concerned, oh dear, I'll, I'll take one for the team. Oh dear. Well, before we go further down that road, yeah, let me give you some experience. So for all of the stuff that you killed, for fun with doors, for uh, Bucks being on the fly and bobby pins, and uh, Shadow once again having a near-death experience and maybe, maybe coming back a little wiser, you guys will get a total of 2,900 experience to split between the four of you. And next time, with your associate let's say you've got a, a new associate to get through the undermountain of the bloody fist and we'll see what he has to say thanks for listening to our adventure follow us on twitter at dungeon drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter are you a fan of fantasy role-playing Looking for more D&D &D action outside your normal campaign? 
Do you enjoy laughing uncontrollably? Look no further than the You Meet in a Tavern podcast. Follow the continuing adventures of Tug, Durf, and Carl as Dungeon Master Joe leads them on the adventure of a lifetime. Work four 20-somethings with dull jobs by day, letting our inner nerd kids shine in our first ever 5th edition D&D campaign together. Fans are calling it a gripping tale with a talented cast, a large source of encouragement to get myself in my own D&D group, the funniest D&D podcast I've ever listened to. But don't take it from them. Check out You Meet in a Tavern for yourself on all your favorite podcast apps. That's You Meet in a Tavern, because every good story starts in a bar.